Friends, here. Not sure I understand, but show me. Take me to Riku and Kairi. Tarzan. Tarzan, go. And I'm Sora. Tarzan, go. Sora, go, go. that there Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer and I've never been more nonplussed watching a movie trailer <laughs> usually I'll feel something at some point and then yeah. I kind of judge myself because I'm like ugh, why do I care about this like ugh and I was like waiting for that to happen here and then to feel really bad about it. But no, it didn't happen. I felt nothing. Nothing at all. Except disgust at the <laughs> the last ten seconds. But 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 we live in a society. It's a very strange business move to me to make a double stuffed director's cut of a pretty <laughs> middle of the road movie for a franchise that is effectively dead this era of dc movies has been all over the it started off bad and then post justice league it started to get good and now we're just getting justice league again it's more like a sociological study at this point than a piece of entertainment yeah i think was it it must have been february i have to double check when the last movie i saw in theaters before the pandemic hit was i think it was right before the pandemic hit it was Harley, yep. uh, uh, Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. <laughs> I don't remember mine. It was probably Avengers Endgame, for being honest, which that was 20, that was 2019. That was 2019, yeah. End of 2019? It was April. Yes. Was, oh, yeah, 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 because it was late, about a year after Infinity War. So, uh, yeah. So, no, I had to have seen something after that. I don't know. That's the last memorable thing, at least. Yeah. Last thing worth mentioning. Oh, Most no, 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 no. Oh. No, it's all coming back now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the last movie I saw was Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. And you were there. I was there, too. Hello. Oh, that's... What a note to go out on. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. can't believe st- I can't believe Star Wars... The subtitle I can't remember. The Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, predicted 2020. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I understand now why my mind blocked it out. But Sounds about right. Speaking of blocking out, I'd like to issue a correction from last week's Game Corner. <laughs> I wrongfully stated that Skyward Sword's motion controls are fine, but I forgot about <laughs> the... 
horrendous harp minigame. I love the dumb harp. Oh, God. No, that part of the game is completely broken. <laughs> so, theoretically, you're supposed to strum along to the little... There's, like, a ring that, like, emanates yeah. from you. <laughs> goes yeah, in and out. Yeah, like, a, a small platform. It almost... It's not... It's almost like a pulse or, like, a wave. Like, you know, it goes out, it comes back in. Yeah. It goes out. Uh, you put your left foot in, you put your left string out, put yeah. your left harp in, and you shake it all about. Yeah, so, theoretically, you're supposed to strum along to the beep, but it just completely did not work for me. So what I ended up doing is I watched a YouTube tutorial for it, and I literally just mimicked the on-screen mode, like the person had a camera on them and their movements of the Wemo, and I just followed along with them. Like, I could have done it with the sound off. Like, I just went by, based on their emotions. It was horrendous. And so obviously that was a widespread problem, because this person thought, to put this video out, so... Skyward Sword, just let me rock out with my harp out, please. Yeah. Apologies to anyone who's also still haunted by that minigame, because, yes, <laughs> it is it is rough. I must have blocked um, it out of my memory. While we're in the game corner, why don't we uh, give some updates about what we're playing this week before we dive into the episode proper. So, uh, <laughs> you may have noticed I was, I was a little late to today's recording. And that yeah. is because... I, I may or may not have been playing Dicey Dungeons. <laughs> that is my latest purchase, and I am pretty happy with it. So it's been on my wish list for a while, and it went on sale for, I think, 25%, which I was like, all right, good enough for me. It's only $15 normally, but bought it, okay. and... It's a ton of fun. So basically, the premise is a roguelite turn-based deck builder, so to speak. Although it's not so much a deck builder, but it's um very much, it's all, as the name would suggest, based on dice. So the whole story is it's like a game show setup, and you get turned into a dice, and then you gotta adventure through the different floors to get to the the ending mm-hmm. and you fight your little enemies but yeah all your moves are based on dice so obviously there's some randomness to it but through all the different equipment you get like you can definitely strategize and kind of figure out what's the right play to make here and there's six different characters um and they all have different styles so for example the first character the warrior or the knight i think it's just the warrior though but uh his special ability is he can re-roll his dice which is pretty basic right Yep. And then some other characters are like the um the robot, which I just that was the run I was just playing, and at first I thought this character sucked. So its gimmick is it has a CPU gauge, which is kind of like blackjack, where instead of just getting your dice at the beginning normally, you have to use this CPU gauge and then yep. You'll get the dice number that you, it's like a random number generator. So you'll get the dice number that you get. So if you like get four, you'll get that dice, but then that counts to your CPU. So like your max is like 10. So like at first, anyways, it'll go up as you level up. But as you get more dice and you get closer, if you max out slash overclock, like you're done, you can't do anything for that turn, which will really mess you up. Okay. So at first I was like, this is completely broken because you just lose your turn. <laughs> but then I looked up some 
advice online and realized you can use your dice as you get them. So you can still yep. do things before, you know, going over the top with the gauge. So it's all about kind of balancing like, okay, well, I have this now, but I could get this if I just go for another dice and then I could do this move. So it's very much weighing the risk and reward. Uh, it's just so satisfying when everything clicks into place. Nice. It's a ton of fun. And like I said, it's a roguelite. So it's all kind of random. And I actually really like that because my thing with any RPG really, but especially, you know, like card like deck builders, so to speak, and anything with like a bunch of different, you know, combat approaches. Like I get overwhelmed very easily by the amount of stuff I can do. So mm -hmm. this is good because you only have a few things to choose from at one point. So it's not like you're really missing out by not, you know, using a bunch of these options that you don't have. So that's kind of nice yep. for me. So yeah, it's a ton of fun and it's art style is really nice. It's really cute. It's kind of cartoony but the enemies are all really fun like the first enemy you fight is just a little frog with a sword and a shield <gasps> frog though yeah and then there's a uh, there's a hedgehog who has a cold and they have the little the little ice bag on their head and oh. its moves are based on when it sneezes it shoots spikes out at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really cute and also the soundtrack is a bop you may have heard me humming some of it earlier but um yeah Dungeon Dice Monsters. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I won't mention what I've been playing at this point. I guess I'll just, I just, you know, I'll back off what you just said because it reminded me and got me the urge to open Slay the Spire again. Yep. That one's on my wish list as well. <laughs> it's very good. I have like a few friends that played it and I saw it firsthand and it's just really fun. And then it was on sale one day and I was like, mine! Thank mm -hmm. you. So it's kind of similar. Instead of instead of rolling dice, instead of dungeon dice monsters, it's Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it yeah it's a, it's another deck building game just using cards. So you choose every it's similar concept. You choose a character or a hero or a unit, whatever you prefer to call them, who has like sort of a set a you know a theme or a characteristic associated with them. You go through the level. I do like that it has a lot of forking paths. <laughs> so it's very much i think I feel, I feel like usually at the start of a floor there's not many i've, I've never gotten past the third floor so i don't know if there's anything mm -hmm. beyond the third floor but you do like there's a lot of there's a lot of branching paths that happen so i think literally from the start you you probably get one or two probably like either your first match of the floor or your second you will definitely have like a big fork in the road to tell you oh which side are you gonna commit to so yeah you from the overworld, you can tell if it's going to be a regular fight, if it's going to be a boss or a mini-boss fight, if it's going to be an interaction. Like, mm -hmm. there's just random encounters that are kind of wacky. Like, there's one I imagine, there's one character, he either gives you gold, I think he makes one of your cards more powerful, or and I think it might be a third bad option. Mm -hmm. They're just wacky. I'm, I'm thinking of that one. It's like a fiend who shows up and he's like, I can give you something. But I can also take something away. And the other is, I imagine, because I, they have like a like a stock image associated with them. The mm -hmm. other one is like, there's like like a banana, a donut, and like something else like on a boat. They're all tied to ropes dangling from the ceiling. So it's just like, which one do you pick up? I think they're all health restoring items. I, 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 I don't think I remember what the gimmick is with that floor, but, you know, weird, weird crap like that. 
happens. Then there's also shops. There's like a because you get gold as you beat up monsters, so you can spend stuff at the shop. You can recycle cars you've gotten if you don't want them anymore, or you can buy new cards, buy new potions. Yep, same uh, deal with dice dungeons. Okay, cool. And yeah, you at a oh campfires are also the other. The, I think the last interaction. But you can either rest to get, I think half your e- half your max health back. Or you can forge a card so it is a stronger version of what it is. I love when you just have kind of short-term choices right in front of you, like pick this now versus, you know, you can keep this, you know, like having like a piece of equipment, right? Or some sort of potion or something that you'll just have in your stock the whole time, but you never know when's the right time to use it. So I will end up never using it. So, uh, like I said, I like it when it kind of the game forces you, like, no, choose this now, and then I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> instead of literally carrying around all this baggage. Decisions now, now, hey. damn it! Don't do well under pressure. <laughs> uh, yeah, go play, go play, but go, 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 slay, play the spire. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, another installment of Game Corner. Uh, you know, in between your. Kingdom Hearts sessions. Check out some of these cool games we've been talking about. Game Corner, make sure to wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands. We are heading toward Deep Jungle. The controversial way we're going, but I think this is fine. I'm I'm not crying. What are you talking about? I I guess this is something we've mentioned. Probably, probably, it's definitely not been recorded yet. But uh, we last, at the end of the last episode, we talked about going to Deep Jungle and why was Deep Jungle kind of picked. And to Deep Jungle's note, this is the only time we see Deep Jungle? Yes. Yep. It's not even in Chain of Memories. Not even Kingdom Hearts Recoded? Nope. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, Tarzan's an interesting pick for a world for that reason. Um, so basically the rights have been disputed by the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate, I guess. I haven't looked too closely into it, but also interesting to note, it is at the time of King Hearts 1's release in 2002, it would have been the newest Disney movie. So Tarzan came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. So for comparison's sake, that would be like if Kingdom Hearts 3, which came out in January 2019 had a Zootopia world, which came out in March 2016. Mm. Yeah, it, it was pretty pretty recent as of that point. So it's interesting how yeah how they kind of pulled that in. So I know with Nomura, his whole one of his major points for considering worlds, uh, very very similar to how Sakurai chooses Smash characters. But it's does the world offer something different, right? So. Yeah. Tarzan is a jungle world, so there's kind of a famous behind-the-scenes sort of story about how uh, The Lion King was Nomura's favorite movie, or Disney movie, and he really wanted it in Kingdom Hearts 1, but mm-hmm. he already had a jungle world, and also, well, maybe that's it, actually. So, also with Lion King, it it was too technically complicated to, to turn Sora into a lion and have him running on four legs. So, yes. actually, maybe... Yeah, maybe they kind of <laughs> brought Tarzan in off the bench, basically. You're like, okay, our our real uh, uh, MVP is is out for this round, but maybe you can sub in for the jungle world. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably what happened, actually. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, and because I'm a nerd and I'm curious, I'm going back. I was interested. What animated fe- what animated films for, from Disney released between uh, Tarzan between what I want to get specific June of ninety nine before before Y two K boy oh boy and leading up to the release. So we had, I'm just gonna go with animated movies. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. skipping the Pixar ones because Pixar was bought out by Disney in 06. Yes. Technically these technically these Pixar worlds don't count. Uh, although now that's interesting because. Toy Story 2 was late 99, mm-hmm. and Toy Story was planned as a... Oh, Buzz and Woody were planned for summons for 2. Yes. Which makes you think about that whole buyout, and that's kind of a weird timeline, but it, skipping all that, because we don't care too much about that right now, uh, The Emperor's New Groove uh, and Atlantis uh, came out. Yes, two very in-demand worlds at... <laughs> I don't think they're gonna happen. I'm sorry, everyone. Maybe in um, maybe in um, Union Cross. <laughs> they had they had this shot, but no. I guess during development, yeah, Tarzan would have been the the freshman. Yes, and like eh, this. And to be fair, Tarzan was for for like the late '90s. I, I wouldn't even say late '90s because it was just '99. But for the early 2000s, I remember being a very popular movie. So. Uh, I think there's there was a good amount of reasoning behind being like, oh, I'll take this, thank you very much. Yeah. So yeah, we're heading to Deep Jungle, and much like how you and I keep disagreeing over whether we should be going to Deep Jungle or not, uh, <laughs> Sora and Donald get into a little lover's tiff over whether we should land into land in this uh, backwater place, as Donald puts it. <laughs> yeah. The king would never be caught here. <laughs> So I love how they're both fighting over just complete conjecture. Like Sora thinks Riku and Kairi might be down there and Donald thinks the king would never be there. And it's like, neither of you know this. Like the only way to know is to visit the world. Like that's the whole point exactly. of your journey. <laughs> the point is to go to random worlds and be like, hey, is the king here? Oh, hey, are some Martlets here? Okay, I'll help you guys out. <laughs> so it, it is kind of weird that Donald's like, eh. Mickey want to go there. That man's got class. I think Donald's uh, projecting. I think Donald wouldn't go there. <laughs> I, I I would think so. It's a nice way to, you know, create some conflict between them and, um, you know, show some trouble in paradise. So Exactly. They end up crash landing because they're fighting over the controls. And then this is the only world where you start off separated from Donald and Goofy, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and once we get into the the biddies, I'll mention kind of why I think they did this. Okay. Sora crash lands in the treehouse, is attacked by a giant kitty cat, and... Sabor! Sabor. Danger. I'm about to say the closest thing to a villain, but we do have a villain for... Yes. For Tarzan, so... (laughs) Yeah, Sabor's another one of those fights that you can lose, but, uh... (laughs) Is is this another you-can-lose fight? Yeah. I, but okay, I, I didn't know that. Oh I spanked goodness. that kitty. <laughs> so, I mean, he can, he's kind—he's, I would say, he's kind of squall. He's kind of squall liked. Like, if you get caught in some of the attacks, you can get really, really messed up real quick. Yeah. But other than that, uh, but, boy, you got dodge roll now. You'll dodge roll out of any scenario. Yeah, it's not too bad. But um, yeah. you beat the cat, and then I really like the um the animation and the victory one. So if you lose, Sora just kind of falls back like yep. onto his butt. 
But if you win, Sabor's the one on the ground. And then sort of like, he's like, you can tell he's like breathing heavily, like he's tired. And then he kind of starts inching close to Sabor. Like, it's just a nice kind of way to show that like, this is a wild animal. (laughs) And Sora is rightfully cautious. But still approaching a wild animal. Yeah. (laughs) This 14-year-old anime boy just walking up to, like, this cheetah that is definitely not dead. Well, to be fair, like, he's, you know, he said he's, like, lying still on the ground. Yeah. I think, I think Sabora might be a jaguar. Or maybe a leopard, actually. Let's look at it right now. But once again, the day is saved by Loincloth Man. Sabor is, in fact, a... Oh my god, just tell me. Sabor is a... Leopard. Well, she's the secondary antagonist of Disney's 1999 animated film. I forgot it was a she! So it's a she and Tarzan, but I think in the journal in Kingdom Hearts, it might say he? It may have ma- yeah, it may have male pronouns. Yeah. Despite being a leopard, Sab- Sabor was portrayed in a very stylized way, possessing a long sleek... Okay, so... Technically, she's a leopard, I guess. But okay. anyways, Tarzan comes in and saves the date. And yeah, we we team up with him. So there's a really fun cutscene where Sora tries to communicate with him, but you can't because it's an ape man. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's kind of weird if you, go, if you watch Tarzan and then come here. Because for the first half of Tarzan, he, he, I mean, he speaks English. He speaks like in a, in a manner you can understand him. Uh, mm-hmm. When like Jane and Clayton and her and her dad come to research, is when you you get the the fun translate uh, like lost in translation deal. Yep. But it is very funny. But for most of that movie, I especially say most of the movie. I mean, for actually for a good part of the movie, Tarzan communicates. I guess as we would understand as as per normal, I'll say. Uh, so it is very funny that for the most of entirety of this world, except for like one cutscene. He talk, you know, we we see that lost in translation side of trying to understand yeah. Tarzan. Yeah, that's that's totally true. Because yeah, in the movie, it'll like translate the gorilla speak to English. Yep. But yeah, that's kind of another nice way where it's not just rehashing the movie plot. Because yeah, it's like a totally new perspective where you're seeing Tarzan, you know, as any human would see him, where he's. Just kind of this weird jungle man, as opposed to him yeah. being the main character. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a nice touch that I just pointed out. Sora decides to team up with Tarzan for now, because Don and Goofy are MIA. But I like this cutscene. Or I should say, I like the story of this world in general, because there's the conflict with Don and Goofy, and it actually shows Sora, you know, having... Like, not being a goody two-shoes, basically. Like, he's pissed at Donald. <laughs> and it, like, shows him as, like, responding like an actual person, instead of you know, the hero, because he just flat out pretty much just drops Donald and Goofy. He starts to say, I'm looking for my friends. Uh, Donald's a loud one, but then he cuts himself off, and he's like, wait a minute. No, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm looking for Riku and Kairi. Like, screw those guys. And it's like, oh. He's alive. He's thinking. Yeah, totally. Like, it's a natural response, because, yeah, he's only been with these guys for, you know, not that long compared to, you know, his childhood friends, so. Exactly. So, yeah, kind of quickly pivots, not quickly, but he, he catches himself and he's like, you know what, who needs Donald Goofy? I'm looking. And the whole reason he wanted to come to Deep Jungle was to look for Riku and Kairi, so he switches it up to say, I'm looking for Riku and Kairi. Yeah, so it, it gets... it's There's more and going on with the Deep Jungle plot with, you know, that conflict, but then also we get a, a strange look at uh, a Kairi sighting. 
<laughs> as Tarzan's talking. So, not sure what's going on there. Sora's seeing things, but... Yeah. So, we have Tarzan now. He's our first party member. So, yes, so. again, another kind of interesting choice of, you know, this is your first non-Donald Goofy teammate. Exactly. Um, and I have to wonder if that's also part of the reason why Deep Jungle was chosen, because Tarzan does make sense as a party member. Um, he is a warrior, after all. He's strong. That's strong. <laughs> yeah, what do we think of Tarzan in terms of usability? I would say Tarzan's good. I I, I just want to... This, this is what I was talking about earlier. I definitely feel like they want some conflict here, so they could in start introducing the concept of world-specific party members because you mm -hmm. mind you you were tarzan for maybe five minutes before you get back to don and goofy right but to very kind of quickly introduce that hey friend here's a here's a different friend a friend you're not used to and to kind of just under just to quickly introduce that concept which i think i feel makes a bit of sense just to be like oh i got me a new friend Ooh. yeah totally <laughs> yeah it's like a classic you know, cartoon or sitcom thing where, like, <laughs> they're mad, so they try to make their friends jealous. I do, like, I'm trying, I'm thinking of Tarzan's moves. So that's, that's the cool, interesting thing, is that they are part, they are temporary party members, basically, but I, as you do go throughout your journey, and you, it's kind of like how Donald and Goofy, I mean, I'm, I'm also still kind of playing Final Fantasy VII, so it's kind of like, uh, but this, I think this is a much better example. Donald and Goofy still get experience if they're not in your party. Yes, you thank God. Their, you just don't see their level ups. Yeah. And things like that. Uh, same thing with the all of the temporary party members. Because you world hop so much, like, for, say for some reason I come back to Deep Jungle, they'll also level up in the in the background. Although it doesn't matter too much because you're going to focus primarily on Sora, Donald, Goofy, obviously. So, you know, it's not like, oh, I come back to Deep Jungle 40 levels later and Tarzan's like, hi. I'm level yeah. 20 now. Or I'm still level 20, basically. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So he's got some tr tricks up his sleeve. So his melee moves, he's got, um, trying to remember off the top of my head, Raging Boar, where he basically spins around and freaks out with the spear, does a little dance, which is, yep. I think, probably his best move. Um, it's a good crowd clear. And then he has Asp's Bite, which Asp's I just. Bite. For. Literally, like, this playthrough, I finally realized what that is, because it's so underwhelming. He just, he just thwacks his spear, basically. Like, he just raises it up and then slams it down. And for some reason, yep. that's a special move. <laughs> it's so, actually, I'm going to look up what it, what, so that's the move I always remember, just because. Really? It's, uh, just because the name. I just remember always seeing it. It always sticks out in my head. All right, Asp is, what is yeah. it? What even is an asp? Like a mountain? It says, I was, I was, it always seemed snake-like to me. Wikipedia, tell me what it is. Asp is the modern anglicization of the word aspis, which is, you refer to several venomous snakes. Got it. Oh. So it is a, it is a snake bite. It's Good snake call. Bite. Okay, I guess that makes sense then. And we'll discover this as we get different party members, is they that have, they have spells disguised as abilities. They have magic that are yes. totally just abilities you can turn on and off. Yeah, I always like that. Um, so, like, for example, so Tarzan has Cure and Arrow, but for him, it's yes. Healing Herb. And then, another thing about it, I don't think he ever even used Arrow on anyone during this playthrough, but that might be because I 
change the settings to only an emergency. But um, yeah, he has cure, which is pretty huge. So obviously, you're going to keep Tarzan around. So yeah, I think to your point, the game tries to nudge you to choose Tarzan over Donald when you reconvene. But mm-hmm. I... I I stuck with Donald because, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, uh, Donald's really good early game. Well, throughout the whole game, really, but Goofy does get more useful later on. But for now, I think Donald has more to offer. Yeah, I think as I think I kept Donald around this time too because Tarzan is a mix of Goofy and Donald, really, because he has a little bit of. I mean, he has he has defensive magic, I guess, and then he has phys- his special physical moves. Yep, which Goofy can do. So I think I swapped him for Goofy just because Donald is pure cast and. Tarzan's half and half. I guess we can go Sora half and half too, but it depends on your yeah. play style, basically. So, yeah. You're basically let loose to explore once you and Tarzan team up. And I really like the treehouse area for multiple reasons. Uh, but one of them is how vertical it is. So, uh, I climb to the top of the roof, and there's a really great view and just in general, I think Deep Jungle is a nice world because it really gives off that sense of adventure and exploration because it's it's a deep jungle. <laughs> yep, I mean, I think we well we start in Treehouse, which is the literally the top of the world, and then we immediately yep. jump down to the lowest part of it as part of the story. Yep. But yeah, there's a there's a I guess Wonderland Wonderland had a sense of verticality, but it was kind of, it wasn't just verticality; it was like exploration in general, and then. When we get to Olympus Coliseum, that world's flat as hell. I'm just mm-hmm. there's your your tease, but yeah, uh, Deep Jungle is all about climbing and platforming and a lot of verticality. Yeah, I would say Deep Jungle is the most like classic adventure world of like we're going someplace new and mm-hmm. you know seeing all these things. Platforming one hundred one. Yeah, so in that sense, I kind of see it as like this is kind of the linchpin of the first act of the game. And then, definitely, for me, like Olympus Coliseum is is kind of like an epilogue where like the action's kind of lowering, but there's still enough to happen, which we'll talk about more in the Olympus Coliseum episode. But for me, like, yeah, this is kind of the the climax, so to speak, of this first chunk of the game. Yes. So I even I get I guess technically you could also now that we're thinking about it. You could skip Olympus Coliseum, actually. I think thinking back to the last episode, when you lock the keyhole, you get a nav- you get a Navi G piece, and then this world also gives you a Navi yes. G piece when you're done with it. So these two are critical. Yeah, those are the two needed elements to go back to Traverse Town Part Two. So, because because like you said, Olympus is a prologue. Basically, it is very much a here are the things to come. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you can start making your way down to the camp, and then we get a cutscene showing Goofy and Donald's neck of the woods. Yep. And yeah, Donald is just straight up, does not care about Sora. He I'm just, not going anywhere. Yeah, he just says, ah, who needs him? So again, it's just nice to see like this very real conflict where Donald is not hedging it's his Donald statements. It's Donald Duck being Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> but then Goofy, being the good boy he is, is worried about Sora. And then we get a little gummy piece from Turk the Monkey. So, yeah, there's kind of a, a little tease of, ooh, what's this? I kind of forget what that gummy piece ends up turning into. I was just going to say, it, yeah, it's not really anything because we get another okay, okay, one okay. at the I, end I'm of this world. Idiot. Well, I am an idiot, but okay. Okay. 
Because I was like, even I'm just thinking now of like, so Goofy, they pick it up, and in the cutscene that we're going to immediately talk about, Goofy's like, this, like, the king could have dropped this. It is weird now that you pointed out, like, that first gummy block, the red one, that really doesn't go anywhere. I don't know why they showed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I'm going to do some hot digging when we're done. I'm like, what the hell does this gummy piece do? Yeah. I need to know. Yeah. So, yeah, you start exploring through the world. I really like the detail of the chests are kind of dirty, mm-hmm. which is like a nice touch. I think I think every world kind of has like a small tweak on the texture. Yeah, I think I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. And yeah, the, definitely the chests look a little bit dirty. Also, I, I don't think I ever explored the tr- upper part of the treehouse until now, but I was definitely I turned around and I saw like ways to get on top of the treehouse that I think I literally just did not focus on growing up or replaying i should say yeah so if you go down the roof there's um there's a protect chain on top I got um that. i got that yeah but then there's like that weird mid-tier where um it's like the rafters in the roof that you can climb on them but there's nothing yes, to do up there yes okay we both have the same thing because i was like oh i'm gonna hop on the rafters i'm gonna find something cool i jump out to the jump out of the you jump literally out of the roof, I think where you literally fell into the world, and mm-hmm. it's just like nope, slap the roof, bye bye bye. Yeah, it's weird because <laughs> you'd think there'd be something like a reward for going up there because you do have to maneuver, but there's nothing. Yeah, apparently not. But if you go around the the I mean, it's the way you get to the top. If you go around the right side with like the ladder and there's some platforms that gets you to the top of the top of the building. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually. The other thing I really like about the treehouse is it'll suffer permanent damage based on what you do in it. So there's the hole that Sora fell in. Obviously, that's a story thing. But then, depending on where Sabor enters and exits from, you'll get, like, different holes. So usually you'll get the one, there's a hole in the floor that Sabor comes in. But she can jump in through the walls. And then this playthrough, I got one. She'll, like, jump... It's actually pretty funny. There's a hole. She'll, like, bust in right next to the door. (laughs) So I'm just using the door. (laughs) So, like, there's the door, and then there's a hole right next to it, which I I don't think I've ever seen that one before, which is crazy. I just now have, like, almost like a cartoony image of someone, like, an ominous knock at the door, and it zooms in, but then someone just busts through the wall instead. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, I I think you can... I think there's a YouTube video explaining this like all the different holes that can show up and um interesting the treehouse but yeah it's it's cool because like th- those will be there the whole game like it's not like you leave the area and then it's it's fixed like no like that'll change so yeah again nice little detail nice little uh kingdom hearts one trademark detail nice and then from yeah after this is immediately the slide mini game yeah the good old jungle slider <laughs> It's, uh, I had better memories before this playthrough, I think they're all dead now. Yeah, so this, I guess you could say that this is the world's quote-unquote gimmick. So much like how Wonderland had the, uh, growing big or small, uh, the Jungle Slider is kind of the unique thing that you can do in Deep Jungle, and yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, I, I appreciate that they, again, tried to, like, tie it in the movie, because that was obviously a big part of it, but... In practice, it's just a slider. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is. I guess it is technically our first mini game. Like, if you go into the journal, true, there'll be a section on the slider, which 
I don't really remember the KH1 minigames. I mostly remember KH2's minigames, and this is obviously just more of them. Yeah. But it is, it there, I think there is maybe a thing for, like, don't get hit, or what get a time underneath X time, maybe. So this is one of those things that I did not discover until years after my first playthrough, but yeah, the Jungle Slider is a whole minigame where yep. if you go down it and you collect the fruit, then you'll unlock new paths. But the way it's structured is total crap, because what you have to do is you have to go through and get all the fruits, and then you'll reach the end of the path, but then you've unlocked the next path, so then you have to go and redo it again from the start, then yep. you can go to the next path, but... You gotta make sure to get all the fruit, because you have to hit ten fruit in each path to unlock the next path. But then, yep. again, you don't get the next path immediately. You gotta redo it again. So you get ten fruit, go back, twenty fruit, go back, thirty fruit, go back. and It's just super repetitive and frustrating. Yeah. And I actually tried doing it this time. And I got as far as the fourth path, but I, I missed one fruit. So it's like, okay, I, I don't have the patience for this, so I gave up. <laughs> yeah, I told myself I would. I even forgot there was multiple pathways yep. uh, until after I'd already left. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll go back and I'll try it for my own sake like later in the playthrough. Or when I when we get warp drive, uh, maybe I'll just go back for two seconds and play mm -hmm. a little bit of slideies. Yeah, I, I went back after at the end of the world while I was already there. Just to yeah. try to get out of the way, but like I said, I missed that fourth one, and I was like, nope, don't care. But <laughs> it, it, the rewards are actually pretty good. The fourth and fifth paths, you get a um, power-up and defense-up, so oh, okay. I, I will try to reclaim them, but I'm not looking forward to it. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like 70% of Kingdom Hearts players didn't know this existed. <laughs> yeah. Because I know I was surprised the first time I saw it. It's... No one you expect, really. <laughs> or at least definitely the first time they introduce it. Yeah. And the funny thing about this game is you can just totally quit it, like bypass it. If you just pause and hit quit, like, yep. it'll just fast forward you to the camp, basically. Yep. <laughs> so that's usually what I do. But, yep, you get back to camp, you reunite with Donald and Goofy, but there, Donald is not happy to see you. So you have that little standoff moment, which is one of my favorites, where they turn around from each other. Exactly. <laughs> I love how... <laughs> I guess you're just kind of caught up in the moment, but Sora is just completely unfazed by the Gorilla Man. <laughs> like, he's not yeah. surprised at all. <laughs> you're like, okay. But yeah, you get the little slide mission, which is kind of like encouraging you to explore the camp. So, what's the deal with these yes. little cooking mama segments? No clue. So there are. I'm not saying there's there's something to the slides, but there there's there there is not really. But also, yeah, I was gonna point that out. The experiment. I don't. I don't think there's any super. I mean, the experiments are just you turn maybe a potion to an like maybe you make an ether and they make either a potion or an elixir or a high. I don't even know what this. The, what's the one you cook? What's the one you get? In the I think it's a high potion. It's yeah. High potion? Okay, yeah. I mean, it was just an, like a freaking ether. I do appreciate having to find the little slides, because I definitely did not do it as a kid, or I I felt like you had to memorize them. So I was like, oh, I gotta think of all these things. It's, but in reality, you just examine all of them. You go to the station, the station's like, alright, you found everything. Let's cook, baby. Yeah, it's weird. The like process and the reward feel like they don't match up, because 
Yeah, it seem it sounds like like you said, it's like a recipe that you could memorize, and then it sounds like you can kind of keep farming those items by, you know, doing the experiment. But you can only do it once, and then it's done. And then you about say you do it once, and it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm too tired. Yeah. So like, if it's just a one shot, I feel like it should have just been, you know, put the ether in the pot, and then just right there it'll say like okay maybe now we should freeze it and then you just freeze it and then you get it but the whole like collecting the slides thing is has always confused me yeah (laughs) especially since you know you're already collecting photo slides so there's also the research slides so it's like weird terminology (laughs) yeah it's kind of weird and then well speaking of slides getting the photos i mean it's a good way to get around it's a good way to just kind of get around camp and see what there is to see but I was, th- I was thinking when collecting, I'm like, oh, these slides will mean something. Uh, you collect them. The first one is Disney Castle. So I was like, hey, that looks familiar. Uh, and then the rest are just. No, it's not Disney Castle. It's a different castle. Is it, is it Castle Oblivion? No. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it later. Okay, I, just, I did not pay attention. <laughs> oh, I'm not a real gamer. It is a different world. Which, yeah, raises the question, why is oh, there... Oh, it's a hollow bastion? Yeah, come on. Okay. I... <laughs> okay, so I mean, that begs to raise the question, why is there a slide of hollow bastion? Yep. You know, world borders and whatnot, so... Who knows? But yeah, you go through them, and basically this is an attempt... It doesn't really make sense, but it's supposed to jog Tarzan's memory so he can find ways to communicate to Sora that his friends are here, but... It's mm-hmm. kind of weird, but I love how um, there's this moment where Clayton, the hunter, who's not really a hunter, he's totally not here to hunt the gorillas. <laughs> he, he's a good boy. Yeah. Very good boy. Yeah. I'm talking about people. He tries to pressure Tarzan to take him to the gorillas, and Tarzan's obviously a little wary of this, but then <laughs> I love how he looks to Sora for reassurance, and then it cuts to Sora, and just Sora's just got his dead fish face his like standard look <laughs> which basically is like i don't i don't care <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't matter to me bro you can choose whatever you want i don't i'm not really invested Please? in this <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah we tarzan does decide to lead us to the gorillas so you go out and explore some more and gorillas <laughs> so i like how the first half of this world they're no heartless so Yes. They have not invaded uh, at this point, which is cool to see, because most worlds, yes. they're already there. Exactly. I think this might be, besides the flashbacks to Cage 2 Atlantica, there are very few worlds that are just, uh, and I guess Twilight Town to a degree, but not get ahead of ourselves. It's definitely the only one in one where there are no Heartless for, like, you're able to explore completely freely. Exactly. Which is very nice. You get, like, a little, you get a small break, and I say small break because there are no Heartless here, but there is one Sabor. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you, instead, um, you'll have random Sabor encounters, mm-hmm. which, you she know. Pe- she appears in the bamboo, she appears in the camp, she appears in the treehouse? Yep. I feel like I'm missing one. That's how you get all the extra um, uh, holes. I, I think that's it, actually. Because uh, I okay. I don't think she'll do the cliff because there's only one entrance in there. So yeah. it's not very... It's not a good environment for her. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, I guess, and to be fair, they are uh, random encounters. So every time you go to camp, you will not get a support encounter. Every time you go to the thicket and the right. trails, you know, it's not guaranteed you'll get a support encounter. Yeah. But if for some reason... 
your uh, I, your uh, menu turns red, yeah, you might want to look around. <laughs> yeah, I always like that in Kingdom Hearts one where, yeah, like you get the battle mi- music and the menu changes, but you don't you don't see the enemy, so you're like, oh god, what what's going on here? <laughs> Who's here? <laughs> you start making your way back to the gorilla locale. You cross the hippo lagoon, which. To me, I don't know why, but when I was a kid, so you jump on one hippo and then there's the next one, but this one um, goes underwater and then comes back up yep. and you can't jump on it until it's surfaced. But for some reason, this always felt like an impassable hurdle to me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel the same way. Like, there's the hippo at the end of the hippo lagoon and it kind of felt like you were never supposed to go that way. Although at this point, that's the only way I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to the first part. You try between one and twenty times <laughs> to get the. I think it's a gummy piece in the chest on the on top of the trees, and then you jump towards the end of the level where I think there's Dalmatians. Yeah, you can totally cheese it and kind of bypass the hippo by climbing on the trees and then using your uh, your key your aerial swipe to kind of move forward in the air. Okay. Pro gamer tip. But, um, yeah, after that is the the vines area, and I would argue this <laughs> is where this is where most people's pain in this level stems from, yes, <laughs> so like aside from this, it's a pretty straightforward level it's it's kind of linear, I think, um, like the climbing trees area is where it kind of diverges, but even that's not too bad, but this whole vines area it it just sucks, <laughs> yep. It's, it's, I think Vines, and it's Vines and Vines 2, don't you forget. Yeah, the naming is also terrible. There's Vines 1, Vines 2, and then Climbing Trees, which sounds like it would be adjacent, but it's different. (laughs) I still don't understand it, to be honest. But it's funny, because it's just bad. Because you can just, the way to move forward is, as soon as the cutscene with uh, Kerchak and Kayla? Kala? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as that cutscene's over, just look right in front of you and just climb that vine, and that's how you Mm -hmm. progress. So you don't have to do any of this vine business. (laughs) So you don't have to deal with the vines, depending on where you come up from. But to be fair, there are some chests and some other things. Yeah, but honestly, I just save those until I get glide. Oh, I'll leave, I'll leave her back, back to this area after learning glide. That yeah, yeah, that just makes it easier. But I don't have patience yeah, the vines, for the vines; they're terrible. I, I it, it happened a few times this time. So, or I should say, the vines tend to be pretty straightforward. So, like, you jump on one, you just kind of huh, 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 yeah, until you get to a piece of land, and you hope that there's something worthwhile, worth your time, uh, there. When you get there, they're, they're there's sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, I'll say that much. But um, there were one or two times where if you jump on a vine, because they all do swing independently, mm-hmm. well, they're they're meant to sort of, you know, line up like, oh, I jump, you know, this vine comes towards this landing, I jump, I jump, I jump. There are sometimes it is completely out of sync and you have to backtrack. And that happened to me twice this time. It happened to me much more as a kid, definitely, of I jump on a vine and every time I swing in, all the other vines swing out. So I literally cannot yep. jump any further. Yeah, it's it's weird, because it's unclear if it's like, is it automatic? Or, yeah, can you get in this weird like middle zone where the timing's just kind of off? And I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, it's just bad. Isn't there a minigame attached to this, too, where, like, you act... There is a Vines minigame I don't think I have done ever since the original <laughs> PS2 version, and I refuse yeah. to find out, because yeah, I, I, don't I for want it. to scream into the wall. Real gamers will just climb the Vine right in front of them to move the story along. Exactly. Just, just, just look. Just leave Vines. Just... Just get out while you can. <laughs> so you make your way to the treehouse and um, get a cutscene of Clayton totally trying to save Turk's life. But the the jig is up. We know you're not part of the Cool Kids Club, so you can't sit with us anymore. Nope. Gorillas are friends, not <laughs> trophies. <laughs> oh my goodness. I guess this also reminds me of, I mean, it's not a big detail. It's a very minor detail, actually. I mean, I'd say, I'd say very minor, actually. Ugh. So... We, when we meet Jane, she's in her post-Tarzan attire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like in the movie, it literally doesn't show her until the final scene is when she's in that outfit. Yes. Yeah, you really don't see her in her non term She wears a dress, like, the entire time. You don't see her in her, like, tank top and ripped skirt until literally the end of the movie. But this this is what they choose her presentation to be for now. And I'm... She wasted no time going wild. She's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I can get used to this. <laughs> Maybe it's it was just easier to animate, honestly, or her model, I should say, because her usual dress is a little more shapely. True. No. Although I don't know, I feel like like she doesn't look too out of place because the professor, her dad isn't in the world so like maybe if he True. was then it would look weird but um mm. yeah it's a good point and i i do kind of feel like maybe they should have added the professor just to have another quote-unquote good guy to kind of side against clayton because right now it's just like okay so jane's out here with this complete weirdo <laughs> and then <laughs> you know tarzan's kind of beside that but it's yeah, it's, it's weird to think that it's an expedition of two, basically. <laughs> but yeah, after that cutscene, we make our way back to camp, and the Heartless have officially arrived. So we got our Power Wilds. So let's, let's talk about their designs. They monkeys. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they're cute. I like how, um, I like how they don't have a mouth. Yep. I mean, at this point, who does have a mouth? That's true. I don't know if many Heartless do, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, like they kind of just have like a mask, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have the trademark. Well, they have like a you know, dark, they have, like a dark face and yellow eyes. But I guess and this depends on your version, because we're playing Final Mix, so we have recolored yes. Power Wilds. Um, the recolors aren't too bad. I mean, I definitely prefer... The original blue, but the yellow, the yellow's kind of fun. It's not. Yeah, it's well, not it's funny because the Power Wilds are now called like the Bouncy Wilds. The Bouncy Wilds have a completely different color. I completely forgot the Bouncy Wilds' original color, but yes, you're right. They were originally yeah. orange, and now they are pink. They're pink. Yeah, they're fun, and they're also fun to fight. So these are these Heartless are really good for clanking and getting tech points. Because they throw out hitboxes a lot, so basically when you attack them when they're attacking, they like stub their toes, <laughs> which is very satisfying. But yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty good. I like how like they're very mobile, right? So they have that attack yeah, where they so jump in the air and they do the little flurry. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I think the fact that I mean the shadows 
pretty average. The soldiers do move, the soldiers can move around very quickly, whether they spin or they do their charge kick. But the power wilds are just always moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sometimes they'll even um like they have their little slide kick basically, and sometimes yes. they'll chain them Oof. together. Mm-hmm. So just gotta slide in. Yep, slide into yeah. Your uh, critical health, basically, because they can do some damage. Yeah, they're, especially because they do appear in hordes. I wouldn't say hordes, but they usually appear at least like four at a time. So uh, they do move in herds. Um, you could be monkey food if you're not too careful. And then the bouncy wild is like the. I mean, they about to say not the exact opposite, but I guess they are the exact opposite to a degree. But the power wilds are always in your face, at, or at least within like medium distance, because they will circle around and do their rich things. But the Bouncy Wilds usually are running around like crazy cartoon characters and are staying the hell away from you. Yes, they can be very persnickety, but Bouncy Wilds are fun to wail on because they have that really satisfying just yeah, fly I, away I when you to, nail a finisher yeah. on them and they like go spinning. <laughs> they have, I can't even describe their, what happens when you hit them, but there's like a, ah, ah, yeah, I, I mean, I obviously tried to do it, but they have like a, a unique like hit sound. Yeah, they have like their little grunts. The, yeah, a good a good bunch of heartless, and also they're the first yeah. real themed heartless based on the world. Yeah, because we, we were talking last week, we didn't get anything in Wonderland. Yes. So, are we to assume that these are the heartless of gorillas? <laughs> I don't want to think so because that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Because Kingdom Hearts 2 does establish that the boss in the Mulan world is a heartless of a dragon. <laughs> so apparently animals I mean, can yeah. lose their hearts. <sighs> which, yeah, I mean, that's a whole chestnut. Not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm currently scrolling through the Bouncy Wilds. I'm trying to find out. I feel like there was a certain mechanic to them. I remember. They'll but drop I, their I that, bananas, uh, and then if you slide on them, you'll lose money. Yeah, so so you better pick up that money, because that is not money that just generated. That is money you just lost. Yes, that came from your pockets. I, I feel like when I was reading the scratch, the strategy guide growing up, there was another element to the bananas. Or just, like, another element to defeating. Oh, I think I think they're able to slip on their own bananas, and they're... Yes. There might be a... Okay. So there, there might be like a special drop or like an increased drop rate or there's, there's something that happens when they trip on their own banana and they peace out. But yeah, I know besides that, when you beat them, they offer little to no EXP, but they do, just how like you drop money when you flip on the banana peel, beating up them, they drop a whole lot of cash. Yes. So grab that money while you can. Exactly. So now that Heartless are afoot, um, this is basically the second half of the world. And I think this is where most people get lost, because <laughs> the game does nothing to really explain what you're supposed to do at this point. That's not true. It does something, yeah. but it's... It, uh, yeah, we, we do come out of camp, and it's like, hey, gorillas are being attacked by Heartless. Go save the gorillas. But it would have been nice to get, like, some sort of indicator. Yeah, so your goal at this point is just basically revisit the whole world and go room by room. Uh, to fight off the Heartless and save the gorillas. So there's the camp, there's the bamboo forest, the cliff, so that's three, then there's the climbing trees, yep. four, and then the treehouse, five. So you have to go to five different areas, but the game doesn't do anything to explain that 
you have to go back to every area. If you go to Jane in the camp, she'll say, oh, I think the gorillas and so-and-so might be in danger. But she doesn't say, I think the gorillas and every place you've been are in danger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're you're kind of supposed to pick it up a little bit. It is, but it's not the most clear. And I will say, unless you've ventured that area, and obviously we see it in cutscenes too, but at this point you haven't had any reason to go to the bamboo thicket or the cliff if you haven't gone to those areas. Yeah, like you wouldn't think to go there, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's anything special because you're literally just revisiting every area. Uh, but the ones we finally do save all the gorillas, and they all give us gummy parts, right? Yeah, so maybe that's what that first gummy was supposed to kind of signify like the gorillas have gummy pieces for some reason (laughs) gorillas are mechanics guys you just you just didn't know that (laughs) uh but yeah once we do once we do get through all the gorillas we get more cutscene and then we get a final chance encounter yes once a more Yep, and it's it's pretty much like all the other fights. Maybe she hides in the, the bamboo more often, but even that I'm not sure about. She probably has more health. She she, she definitely has more health, I can tell you that much. Um, yeah. If she has more health, she's worth more XP this time, because this is her final fight, essentially. And yes, she yeah. will do something, because you fight. You can only fight, you have to go to the thicket. Mm-hmm. She will jump. Essentially out of the map for a little while, and you have to be careful because she's definitely going to reappear somewhere other than where she left, and she's probably going to leap directly onto you. So, oh, always be, always be moving. That move would have been more effective if it doesn't keep the lock on on when she hides. I feel like, well, she, well I should mention this time, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not trying to brag, like, I remember earlier on our Destiny Islands episode, like, I beat Darkseid in, like, seven combos, it was kind of weird. <laughs> I just stun-locked support this entire fight. Yeah, if you get in the it groove, you can totally sad. do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I comboed her maybe two, two times, and she fell into the entrance to go to the cliff. And she was there for a while, and I'm like, you're kind of stuck in a corner. And so I cast fire for half my remaining MP bar, mm-hmm. and this went in... Wailed her a little bit. She got, you know, when you stun lock her, she gets, like, thrown away, like, mm-hmm. and then I was like, what if I cast more fire, uh, and then one more time, and then I'm like, okay, that's the more fight, and I'm like, really? Oh, damn. And it's one burnt kitty. Yeah. And then the cutscene that follows suggests that we just straight up killed her. <laughs> now we've killed the cat. <laughs> and we took her tooth as a trophy. <laughs> Apparently, and, but I mean, it's just, I mean, Tarzan does kill Sabor in the original movie, so I can see it. It is one of those. And I did I did kind of note this down. It's, it's a very, very minor detail. Clayton's accessories. Something I don't, th- I don't think would float at all in today's environment is Clayton has a pipe that he you do not see him smoke from, but he does put it up to his lips and up before right before the Heartless show up, basically. Yeah. And the entire time he has a gun, uh, that gun is fired, I will say that much. You do not see bullets come out of the gun, so I'm curious what censorship was and wasn't in place, uh, because those are definitely at this point now in the in the in the 2020s with kind of what what Disney's image is. I would say those feel like absolute no nos in today's environment. Like you can't have a character die on screen. You can't have a character shooting a gun. 
or have anything gun-like, and he's just has a straight-up double-barrel shotgun and smoking. Yeah, maybe maybe that also ties into why they don't really use this world anymore. Yeah. But No, that's definitely a good point, because they specifically show his pipe as kind of evidence that he was here. So yeah, it, it does stand out. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, that's weird that we're using a pipe as kind of like... Yeah. Uh, like actual like story element like they're actually emphasizing it so yeah once you beat once you beat kitty cat again you have to make your way although i don't i don't even know how the game telegrams this i just i just know because well, i played it so many times yeah. if, the, if the game doesn't if the, there's a cutscene after the support fight that's just turk running through power wilds into the camp her and jane are definitely taken you have absolutely no idea where you're just supposed to be like eh, i gotta go find them they're somewhere Though I guess, to be fair, uh, the cliff and the thicket are on one side of the map, and they're a dead end, so where's the only other place you can go, kind of? Yeah. So you'll make your way to the climbing trees, and then I still don't understand how this fight works. (laughs) So they're trapped in their little leaf cage, basically, and at the start of the fight, you get a text box that says, The black fruit looks suspicious. The black fruit does look suspicious. It does look suspicious. It's a giant black eggplant. Yep. But it's confusing, because there's also all these little smaller fruits all over the ground. I guess they're more flower they're buds. Flowers, but yeah. I will also point out, um, the flowers do absolutely nothing. They just turn black when Heartless appear, because the first time you go through climbing trees, I, I swear I, and probably a, a lot of other people associate, uh, it, the, if you interact with the flowers... Um, it says, like, oh, like, it needs a little more help to bloom. But it, it, it turns black mm-hmm. in the presence of darkness. Um, mm-hmm. So you can cast Blizzard on them to make them bloom. And they, when they bloom, they have a little jingle to them. But turn, oh, blooming all the flowers does absolutely nothing. <laughs> yep. When I was little, I always thought you had to, yeah, set off all the flowers and then you could attack the fruit. But no, you can just attack the fruit, the but it's weird. absolutely no reason, and it, it irks me to this day, but it, it is weird. Yeah, and you also have unlimited power wild spawning, so you'd also think, okay, maybe I have to take out a certain number of them, but no, they'll just, yeah, they'll they'll just, just keep coming. Exactly. It is a good grinding spot, though, which I've done in the past, but I didn't do this time, because I knew it would be much harder on Proud. But yeah, it's weird, because you can't even lock on to the fruit, so it's... I feel like I could. Maybe I'm just crazy. I definitely have to. Ju- I definitely have to jump at it, and then the auto lock on doesn't gauge, and then from there you can lock on. I'm pretty sure that's what I did. It's just a very weird angle to like actually hit it, basically. <laughs> but yep, once you do, you just gotta keep hitting it, and then eventually it'll poof, and then you win. Friends, I guess, and we get the big, the big hint of Clayton. If it wasn't obvious, Clayton is the bad guy now. <laughs> so we have our our target at this point so you guessed it we're going back to the camp baby to piggyback off support from going to Sabor to, to climbing trees is there any indication that Clayton is in the cliff area um I don't think so I forget what um Jane says at the end of the fight but I'm pretty sure it's just Clayton was behind this but yeah. No, <laughs> I guess just process of elimination. Because you could just go to the the treehouse right after, because it's close, and then see, oh, he's not here. So, but yeah, no, they they just let you figure it out. <laughs> so make our way back to the Clayton fight. 
and many, many controllers have probably been broken, many tears shed, many, many hours wasted watching Tarzan pontificate on the meaning of hearts and friends and not Clayton. <laughs> not Clayton! <laughs> so yes, this is definitely the hardest fight of the game up until this point, so... There is a little preamble where you fight just Clayton single, which is, it's pretty easy actually, you just keep wailing on him. And some powerwobs show up, yeah, but uh, it's, it's, not even, it's not even my final form, <laughs> because like, you, you do, I think you do a certain amount of damage to him, and then a real fight Yes, starts. which you, you should do, like, don't bother with the power wilds. Right, unless you want EXP, but also the chance to get hurt more, yeah, you should just kind of focus on Clayton. Yeah, so then the fight proper begins, and we get our sneaky sneaky. So, how many times did you die in this fight? Uh, I did not die once, but I came very close. Uh, probably oh, okay. twice. Way to brag about it. <laughs> also, I am still playing on regular mode, and you're on proud mode. Yes. Yeah, so I died about six times, yeah. which was more than I was expecting. Exactly. I would say the final bosses for... For Olympus, for Olympus, Olympus Prologue, we'll get to next week. Uh, Deep Jungle, and sometimes Traverse Town V2 are definitely the, the three roadblocks of Part 1 of Cage 1, I would say. In their own Yeah, naturally. Yeah, so, yeah, you get Stealth Sneak, which, I mean, design wise, it's, it's just a chameleon. <laughs> yep. it, it, looks, it looks good, but. Nothing too terribly exciting. Let's see for um, most part, I shouldn't say for most of the fight, but for the first part, like the third or fourth of the fight, it's it's just Clayton riding something you can't. Well, once you get some combat, <laughs> it's ready. It, 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 I don't think it sounds weird. Like, yeah, I really like that touch of how like you don't even know what you're fighting at first, and I like I love the sound effects when you hit it. It's all like weird, distorted, like what is, it's almost like alien like. Definitely, but. Eventually, you do find out it's Jack Chameleon, and you wanna you wanna get Clayton off of the Stealth Sneak's back, so just keep wailing on him. Yeah. But you definitely want to keep an eye out for those eye lasers. Eye lasers, I thought you could deflect them, and I think maybe later you can deflect them. But in this fight, just just run, just keep running. Yeah, just run or put some, you know, use the environment to your advantage for cover. That's another cool thing. This environment is also destructible. Obviously, at the start of the fight, there's a big boom, but then even while you're fighting, depending on where the stealth sneak will jump and land, and it has its little ram attack, like, it can take out other pieces of the environment. Oh, I don't think I've ever had that. I, well, I shouldn't say maybe I've never had that happen. It definitely hasn't happened in recent playthroughs. Ooh. I think it might just be there's, like, a piece of the cliff, like, hanging over that it'll it can take out. Like, I don't think it's an area that, like, you can actually, like, jump to and um, interact with, so it doesn't really have any bearing on it, but it's still, like, a cool detail of, like, oh, the environment will change. Okay, because, yeah, there's the... Yeah. The, I would say, as soon as you walk into the cliffs, there's Cliff 1 and Cliff 2, as I affectionately call them, which is where you can jump up for some sort of chests. There's also the weird little area on the left side, right next to the, the big wall wall that the stealth seat makes, that's just, like, these, it's, like, tiny U-shaped, and then some eyes. Is it is that the part where like you'll slide on if you jump on it? Maybe. I don't think I've ever bothered jumping up because it's just like this skinny piece of land, and then vines. I'm not even sure if they're climbable. I think they're just like a. Oh yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that part is 
kind of pointless and confusing. Yeah. But no, there's also a little piece of rock that sticks out of the wall that if you jump on it, Sora will do his slide animation and that'll mess you up in this fight <laughs> if you're not careful. So yeah, the eye lasers suck and the wind attack where the self sneak puts its hands together and Yeah, that'll mess you up. I mean, pretty much everything could just one-shot you if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, and it's really annoying how in both the Clayton fight and the Stealth Sneak fight, for some reason, the camera starts off facing the complete opposite direction. Especially because both times Clayton will, like, immediately shoot you. So you have to turn the camera while basically getting ready to dodge roll. So that's annoying. Yeah, it's a stressful fight, even to this day. <laughs> uh, most definitely. Uh, but eventually I did get him, and apparently, um, like, all you have to do is beat Clayton. You don't have to beat the stealth sneak. That I, I did this by accident this time. I beat Clayton. Uh, it's probably something that I remember, or, or did as a as younger, or in early playthroughs, that I completely forgot about. But, and I thought it was the other way around. I thought you had to beat the stealth sneak. But no, if you just take out Clayton... The fight ends. Because I beat up Clayton, and I was literally like, I, did I kill the stealth sneak by accident? Or did... And I looked mm -hmm. it up, and I said, no, 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 just beat up Clayton, and you're fine. I'm like, <clears throat> I immediately restarted my game, because I want the EXP from the stealth sneak. Ooh. I wanted that sweet... It's like a boss. It gives you a lot of EXP, so I was like, screw it. I was like, I'll take on the dumb chameleon, and sure enough, oh. it's not the end of the world, but it's doable, of course. Okay. Yeah. So, you beat him, and then uh, Clayton gets smushed, and then presumably loses his heart as well. But um, I love how <laughs> he like screams in agony, and then it cuts. <laughs> it cuts to Sora again with his just default face, where he's just smiling, and he just looks like a complete psychopath. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, suffer." <laughs> The day is saved, the gorillas come in for drinks and celebration, and... Krushak yeets you! Yes. <laughs> or I guess Tarzan's the one that jumps up onto the vines, but he, he yeets the, the king's lackeys up into, the, up into yeah. the air, way, way, way stronger than he needs to, and you just kind of, like, crash. Yeah, he goes up, like, 200 feet. <laughs> and yet Sora still lives. We keep trying to kill this kid, and he keeps coming back. So Tarzan remarks, Tarzan, home. Which, I never understood that line. How is the waterfalls your home? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't the whole jungle your home? Yeah. I think that was something maybe going back to the movie to watch, but I remember waterfalls being a part of the movie. Yeah, like the the exact shot of the waterfalls. Like, that's that's recreated pretty much one for one from the movie. Yeah, so that exactly. that's definitely a place. But, like, I don't remember it being, like, his official home, but... Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it. Besides waterfall shenanigans, this is and this is home. Uh, we do find the keyhole, and we find our friends <laughs> because our friends are in our hearts, and our heart is here. So I did want to mention that the actual waterfalls area has always been confusing to navigate because the um, the camera is kind of fixed, so you can't really see around a lot. But there are a few treasures to get in here, so like you do want to explore. But I can never be confident that I've gotten them all. Exactly. It's a, it's a pain in the booty, definitely. And if, if you flash back to KH1, there's no there's no vertical camera, or you, you can't move on the Y-axis, only the X-axis. So you can 
you can change it, but it is really weird because you you go in and out of areas a lot, or oh, I should say areas, platforms here. So sometimes you'll go to an area and you know your back's to you as per usual, but then you have to turn around and jump towards the camera. So it it is kind of really obtuse, and also. There's, like, vines. There's, like, climbable surfaces. There's other ways to get around, really, but honestly, you just don't need any of them. You just kind of jump everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Like, I I guess it's, like, you can do it however you want, but, yeah, you can just jump and grab the ledges instead of trying to climb the exactly. vines on the walls. Because I think I found everything, and I was like, oh, let me let me just climb everything to make sure I got everything. Yeah, it, make, it makes it seem like, um... The vines will lead to somewhere different, but yeah. they don't. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Like, I like how there's kind of like this last little platforming bit. It's kind of like a way to unwind, but in execution, it's it's a little messy. Yeah. It's still a cool area. Like, I like how it's like all cool and blue and you get the waterfall rushing sound. So, yeah. Nice little reward. But, yeah, like you said, we get to the keyhole. And, yeah, this kind of wraps up Sora and Donald's conflict. They make up. But, um. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jane speaks gorilla and she realizes he, hu, 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 ha means hot. <laughs> Friends in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Sora hears this and he's disappointed. He's like, "Oh, so that's what he meant." Like, it's true. I mean, it's, it shows how much his character develops over the course of the game. Where this idea is like, he just writes it off immediately, mm-hmm. and then it becomes this whole mantra later. So, I mean, exactly, that's kind of funny. I mean, in the in the moment, I think he is depressed because he got he got a, a little tasty of oh maybe Riku and Kai are here, and then he, she's like, "Eh, it's a." Uh, look at this metaphor, basically. Stare at this metaphor. Stare at this metaphor, child. He's like, <laughs> yep. I don't wanna. But yeah, the friends have made up, and then we get a keyhole, which I, I always really like this keyhole, the like butterflies kind of surrounding it. Yes. Especially compared to, I'm, I'm thinking of, I mean, this is the only game with actual keyholes, but especially yes. in, in, in later entries. We get generic unlock the keyhole animations. Yeah. And so I do like I do really like this one of it's just a bunch of butterflies, but then they flutter away and it reveals the keyhole and you're like, oh. and then obviously Sora does the now iconic point the keyblade at it and you know, he knows what to do now. Yeah. Although that's always kind of bothered me that like this is only the second time he's done it, but he just waltzes up to it like he's done it a million times before. He knows exactly what he's doing, even though he doesn't even know what a keyhole is. Yep. Like, I feel like they should have had just some sort of dialogue, like, wait, this is just like, blah, 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 but I don't know. Especially because, I mean, we can point it out, Olympus, the first time, doesn't end with a keyhole. Yes, exactly. I guess the game doesn't know if you did Wonderland first, and I'll actually allude to this a little bit later, True. but, um... Yeah, it does make you wonder, because then it looks dumb if you would seal this keyhole first for some reason, and then go to Wonderland, and then you have the, like, stumble animation, where it just does it automatic- automatically, True. so. It's, yeah, it's definitely a little all over the place, although, mind you, I, I do, it's, uh, it's possible that this is your, your first keyhole. The way the game is supposed to be played, it really shouldn't be your first keyhole, but there is, yes. like, there is still a possibility that it could be. So it yes. is, it is, kind of, it is kind of like a... Yeah. So, like, in my head, I would like it if they just did something to explain, like, wait, this is happening again. And because mm-hmm. then, after this, yeah. in Trapper Sound, you 
learn what keyholes are. But... Exactly, I was about to say, we don't even know what keyholes are until we go back. So, yeah, that's that's game for Deep Jungle. We um we have a little cutaway to the League of Villains. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is, I will, I will say, because Jafar does most of the talking in this session. Uh, yes. He, I'm not sure if this is a... He definitely repeats this in flashbacks from other games, but it, his line is very iconic to me. Of, that boy's a problem. He found one of the keyholes. <laughs> I mean, any Jafar line's iconic, really. <laughs> true, true. He found one of the keyholes. <laughs> yeah, but, but Jafar does most of the talking. That's kind of, that is kind of the, the summarization of this session. It's very much, oh, he's... To, to, the, oh, to be fair, you probably found Wonderland before this, as we were just saying. But mm-hmm. he, it, it, it does imply that, oh, he's... Like, after we haven't mentioned Keoles whatsoever, now he's finding these places that lock, lock the heart yeah. of the worlds. This is kind of a problem. Yeah, so there are a few interesting bits in this one, so... They mention how the Heartless were drawn to the world because of the Hunter, which kind of implies that the Heartless are selective about which worlds they go to, which is kind of interesting. It's it, They make it sound like if there's someone with great darkness, that'll draw the Heartless to it. I think so. I'm trying to think of other instances. I don't think there's other instances in KH1, but I think there's other instances in other games of darkness being like a magnet for the heartless because i guess up until now they had no reason to go to the jungle or go to deep jungle but once clayton became truly evil they were like oh locked on we're going there Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you know most of the worlds will have one of the villains in it so you can just presume that they summoned the heartless there Deep Jungle has Clayton. I guess you could say Wonderland has the Queen of Hearts. But then, like, what are they doing in a whale's stomach? <laughs> That's true. There's great darkness in here. I guess this, yeah, because there's no lights. There's no lights on a monstro. Talk about monstro when we get to monstro. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Exactly. Yeah, I love how when Jafar's, you know, having his moment in the spotlight, <laughs> you can just see Ursula awkwardly standing in the corner. And her tentacles are just clipping through the wall. <laughs> like, that's a big mood. <laughs> like, what's the mean they don't even know? I'm half octopus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah, Jafar says, for the 15th time, Jafar mentions the keyhole. Malefus does point out, it will take him ages to find the rest. And I guess that is the rest of the game, but still. Yeah. Like, I guess she, she does have reason to be like, oh, we'll achieve our plan before they achieve their plan, basically. I mean, I mean at the end of it, it does reveal that uh, Alice, hey, we have Alice now. <laughs> so I guess she does, she is confident in her plan of we'll assemble our crew and do our thing. Just in terms of math, right? Like, Sora's plan only works if he seals literally every, every keyhole in every world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, obviously he's never going to seal them all. <laughs> Yeah, that's Never, kind of a muddled plot point. So, fun fact, if you if you do do Deep Jungle before, or at least finish Deep Jungle before Wonderland, instead of Alice, Snow White will show up when they oh. kind of show off the kidnapped princess. Because they don't got Alice yet. That's true. That, I guess that would be pretty weird, honestly. But I'm, I'm that just, that, that, that's really, really interesting and cool. I've never seen that, and I'm definitely yeah. going to... YouTube search that once we're done here. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I love how much this game 
like how much freedom it gives you in terms of the order to do things, but then the fact that they are aware of it. So like there are like other little cutscenes of like this where like if you do things a certain order, um, there's one in Olympus Coliseum that I know of where it's just like tiny diversions, but it just shows that like they were being thoughtful about this. So yeah, that's always been a super cool detail. But um, yeah, while they're talking about it. <laughs> Maleficent's kind of bragging, like, oh, yes, the princesses are falling in our hands one by one. But um, I have questions about this timeline. <laughs> so we, we can talk about it later when they get more princesses. But it basically, the rate at which they're getting the princesses is very slow. <laughs> From what we know about how long Maleficent's been at this. <laughs> it would take ages to find the rest. And this what I'm thinking, like, we know you have at least one, but, like, how many you got, girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she's bragging. She's pretty bad at this whole princess napping thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, cut back to Deep Jungle, and we're getting seen off by the jungle crew. Jane asks, where's your ship? And, again, this is another one of those lines where she's like, are they... Are they... So, like, is she referring to, like, a ship you sail on, or is she talking about the Gumby ship? I think they might have... Times throughout the series, just in general, they mention it. Donald, it's usually Donald who mentions it. I think they just allude to the fact that, oh, we came here on Interfits of the World. Uh, a ship. That's where we, yeah, that's how we got here. Totally. Don't really know too much. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that they allude to it. They even say, like, oh, oh, we have a vessel. Oh, we have a ship. Uh, so I think they, yeah. you know, they're, they're very, they're intentionally vague, but they just say, oh, we're on a ship. We came here. And people are like, oh, okay. Yep. So. Yeah, by the end of this world, you have made out like a bandit. You get the Navi G piece from um, from the keyhole. You learn Cure after defeating the Stealth Sneak, which literal game changer at this point. Potions? Who needs them? Sell them all off. Yep. Yeah, like Cure kind of breaks the game, but... <laughs> For very little, though. Yeah. Uh, cure is one MP, so it's one chunk. We haven't gotten thunder yet because we've come to the deep jungle first, but theoretically up until now we have fire and blizzard which take... They don't even say exactly, they just say, you can cast a spell for a little MP. Mm-hmm. They never supposed to know what that weird sliver is, but it, it is essentially... It's not even... It, it, is it technically even half a magic, really? You mean like the orange bar? Yeah, the, the, little, uh, the little slice of life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Because <laughs> it'll, like, it'll fill up again each time you go down a bar, exactly. so. Like, if I'm, if I'm at three full, and I cast fire, it'll go down to two MP and two slices, and then I go down yeah, to Yeah, it's confusing. Slice, and then, or, or one, you know, one slice, two magic, and then I go down to two magic, and then, you know, rinse repeats, rinse repeats. So it's, it's, it's weird, and they never talk about it, but um, it's, one, it's a very minor thing. And only fire yeah. and blizzard cost a little magic. Everything else will cost at least one, uh, and then some will cost two later on. But still, it's just like. Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. What's your shortcut for cure? X. Yes, yep. that's the only right answer. It is exactly. <laughs> it's easy just to, like, especially when you're trying to get away from things, 
it's easy to yep. dodge roll away with with circle with not circle with square or to jump away and then go to your shortcuts and then mash x i think it's just natural yep. because you're so you're i mean for 99.999% of the game you are just mashing x to win exactly or you know you x your confirmation so it's like oh i'm gonna hit x to you know i want to cast thunder here i want to cast arrow here like it's just it's very easy to map into that button and call it Yes, it's like a reflex at that point. We also get Red Trinity, which will come in very handy. And then, last but most exciting for me, we get the Jungle King Keyblade. Yes, uh, 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 keychain. Well, we get the keychain, which unlocks the Jungle King Keyblade. Exactly. Yes. That, that's also, I think <laughs> we've had this conversation off the record before of what are the Keyblades, are they Get, so when you get um, when you get Jungle King, the little text box says like Soros Keyblade can change form. Yes, and this text box is terribly written because once again, when I was a kid, I did not understand that this was saying, "Hey, you get a whole ass new Keyblade." Because yes. <laughs> it says like upgrade the Keyblade and you'll get new effects. So it makes it sound like it doesn't really change much, but no, like gives you an entirely new blade. So again, I I didn't discover this until probably halfway through my first playthrough or later even and then i like saw i had all these new keyblades and i was like oh my god this is amazing oh my <laughs> so many keyblades i can't hold them all yep it's also interesting how a lot of the i think maybe all of them actually for the disney worlds at least the ones where you have uh partner characters but the keyblades are given to you as gifts yes so like tarzan gives you the keychain so that <laughs> that's not how keyblades work but it's interesting, like, imagining, you know, is Tarzan literally giving him the keychain, or is he, like, giving him some sort of memento, which then turns into the keychain? Yeah, it's not one of those cage one, like... Inconsistencies. Self, it's another self-contained moment, because it changes immediately after this entry. Of, yes. The keyblade forms are almost personal growth. Like, you've done yep. this thing, and then usually they pertain to a world, obviously. Or, not all of them, but most of them. So it's like, oh, you completed this, you know, this segment, you, your keyblade changes form into, you know, X thing, basically. Yeah, I do like the idea, though, of, like, you know, it being a gift from your allies and, like, kind of symbolizing your bond with them. Yeah, or growth on their end, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, uh, yeah. out, obviously, different worlds outside of this one, where you get the, where you get the keyblade or a keyblade of the world, but it's uh, after a personal, or I should say personal, after the characters of the world have, have had a moment, like, you know, yeah. in other entries, there's some that you get in the middle of a world because XYZ yep. happened. So, yeah, what do we think of the Jungle King as a Keyblade in terms of design and usefulness? Design is pretty average, I'd say, in my opinion. It, it fits the... Yes. That's the, one thing about, that's the one thing I would say about all Keyblades. Uh, hashtag aesthetic. They all feel like... There's no Keyblade where I get a world for a world and I'm like, the hell is this? Really, in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like most of them, most of them capture the essence of their world, if they're based on a world or a Disney property, very, very well. And I guess to that point, Jungle Key is, I mean, it is, it's pretty primitive looking, uh -huh. to say. So, I mean, there's the key handle. The, 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 the handguard does have little spikies on it, which I, yes. I, I've always just kind of like that detail. Uh, but you can see the the the, te the, the teeth of the keyblade. Uh, now they're kind of like these 
random pieces of wood almost uh, taper to the end of the blade. Yep. So it's not, in terms of design, again, I think all the, the world keyblades, all the Disney keyblades do very well. It's not like a memorable one per se for me, though. I feel like this one, it's a little too plain. Like, uh, it's it's underwhelming as the first alternate keyblade you get. Like, they could have added maybe one or two little details to push the theme more, honestly, because, I mean, really, it's just a wooden keyblade, which is, it's cool, but, like, just something else just to kind of make it more interesting. Yeah. I do, I do love how the, um, uh, the keychain is a vine, and then the, the actual charm of the chain is, um, the butterfly, like, that's cute, but, like, that's really the only other element besides just wood that's going on in the design. And I also think the, um... The teeth, like, there's too many of the wooden pieces. Like, it was just, like, three or four, maybe. Like, that would make it look more clean. But, like, as it is now, like, this keyblade needs to go to a dentist, because those teeth are messed up. <laughs> but I do I do like how the shaft is just, you know, a stick, a piece of wood, basically. Like, that's, that's nice, but either change up the teeth somehow, or add some sort of embellishment toward, like, the base of the blade... But just, yeah, I mean, I, 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 average is exactly where it is, like you said. Yeah. And ter- I guess in terms so, uh, yeah, so we've come to our design conclusion. In terms of usefulness, yes. I would say it's also pretty alright. It's one of, I think, I feel like there's two or three other ones in the game that have the same property of, has a long reach, but its critical rate is reduced because of the, really the reach it has. I mean, I will say, Given the timing of the game, I think it's actually really useful. So the next few bosses you're going to fight are all bosses that benefit from having a longer keyblade because either they're in the air or they're really big. I can see that, yeah. So that part's nice. So that's why I usually, when I was younger playing, I would usually do Olympus Coliseum, get up to Cerberus, then do Deep Jungle so that I could then use the keyblade on Cerberus. So it's good on that front, but... It's also annoying because you go through a bit of a Keyblade drought after this. It's <laughs> uh, well, in, in the route we're going, definitely. Because we're going to hit uh, OK Cupid Coliseum, then Traverse Town, and then our follow up world after that will give us Keyblade. But. Not yeah. until the very end. So basically, you go through three full worlds. Well, not full, because Traverse Town and Lips Coliseum are short, but they are two different distinct worlds and then Agrabah. So like you go through three worlds and you're just using this keyblade the whole time. So it does get old by then. Like I'm kind of sick of it. It's true. And I, to add on to that and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, the keyblade after this one, I feel like you also have for yep. three worlds before, you know, using it the entire time. Yes. So the whole keyblade tour Gets off to a bit of a bumpy start. <laughs> Definitely, and, 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 and you know, not gonna spoil to other games, but it it, it it gets fixed later on in the franchise. And mm-hmm. I would say, well, in terms of in a very short snippet into Keyblades in general, uh, there's definitely a dry spell at the start, but towards the end of the game, there are a lot of ancillary and auxiliary Keyblades you can get by doing things. So yes, by the end you're drowning in them. Exactly. <laughs> Although I, I, I guess I do think of it as you can miss those Keyblades if you choose not to get them or you choose not to do the side content for whatever yes. you, may, you know you may go through. Yeah, I really like um, 
the detail of when you're selecting keyblades, you kind of get a 3D model of it. Like it'll show the keyblade on the equipment screen and then it, it, it rotates. Yes. And I don't know why no other game does this. Like you just get um, a static image of the keyblades. But like I really like the detail, like getting to see it like as a, a solid object. And I wish they would expand on that and give you like a full keyblade viewer where you could zoom in and tilt it and turn it and like just look at all the details because some of them, well, I mean, the whole draw of a keyblade is the design. So it'd be cool yes. to take a closer look. Almost like if, if, like in the journal, if there was a model viewer for each weapon, basically. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I can dream. So that's that's pretty much Deep Jungle. That has been Deep I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, there's not much to um, revisit the world. There are a few trinities, but you can do the Jungle Slider minigame at any time. Woo! Jungle Slider! There are some Heartless, obviously. Yes. I will I will quickly mention that we were called last time where I... I ran into white mushrooms in Wonderland, but I had I had no ethers and no magic, so I was screwed. And this yes. is where and, uh, they, the white mushrooms can, can appear in camp, and this is where I did. I had two instances of them, so I actually got a few of. And I had a I had a wonderful time playing charades with my friends. I love them very much. <laughs> is all I'll say. The camp is probably the most frequent spot I would use to grind white mushrooms, at least for the basic spells. I feel like it's more reliable than the Lotus Forest. Definitely. And it's also very easy because we can, from the gummy ship, you can log into camp. Yeah. Go down to camp, go out, and rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat if you're trying to farm uh, later on in the game. Or in your side quests, or you're trying to farm specific materials from from the mushrooms. Exactly. Yeah. And you and compared to Wonderlands, they also now give you the cure charade as well, where they're like on the ground. They're like, help me! Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the only other detail in terms of Deep Jungle that comes to mind is the actual... Before you even enter the world, the actual world icon in the map. I always really liked it. It stands out to me compared to the others, because usually the world map icons are just circular object, and then area on top, area on bottom. <laughs> Almost like a little, like a little beard and a little hat. <laughs> yeah, so like Wonderland's just the like checkered ball, and then the Queen's Castle on top, and then the Bizarre Room on bottom. Yeah, and then that pattern kind of repeats throughout. But I like how Deep Jungle's kind of like there's no like distinct area; like it all kind of blends in together. And I like how the I think it literally incorporates all of the the elements and or parts of those areas that appear. Yeah, like I like how there's like the line kind of looping all around, like and extending toward the bottom, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And I really like how there's the waterfall going too. It's just draining into space, which is a nice aesthetic. So into nothing. Oh, I will also add: Did you get any encounters with a secret Harkless in this area? I did, but I ignored it because I'm going to save all that for. <laughs> For later. Okay. Just saying, maybe you maybe you found a new friend, everybody. Overall, Deep Jungle is a world. Final thoughts. It's definitely way too backtracky. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 
it's essentially it's one big i i always envision especially in the direction everything is it's it's a big boomerang like there's one dead end yep there's a dead end over there and you just kind of that's a great way to explain it shape is a good example too of just like you know just go back you go to this one and then to that end and this end and then you go to that end yeah like if you look at it from start to finish you go start at the treehouse go down to camp go back to the climbing trees which then goes back to the treehouse, then you go back to the camp, then you'll go to the bamboo thicket, and then go all the way back to the treehouse again, go back to the camp, go back to the bamboo forest, then go back to the climbing trees, then go back to the bamboo thicket. Like, it, yeah, yeah, it just keeps ping-ponging you back and forth. Which, yeah, I get why people don't like this world. Yeah, In that sense... And I guess the verticality can sometimes... The verticality and the platforming and the fact that it... Especially in the climbing trees and the vines area, everything is just green on green on on brown on green. Yes. Kind of really confusing. Yeah, but when you're just going back to explore and pick up a few things, I, I do like it. It's it's not mind blowing, but it's definitely not as terrible as some people would lead you to believe. So, I think, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a solid, you know, mid tier world. Definitely. Oh, I the other note I had is. In regards to the story, so I was talking about how much I like the conflict between Donald and Goofy, or Donald and Sora, and how Sora is kind of being a brat, really. But yeah. the the story actually doesn't do a good job of exploring that because after the camp cutscene where the gang reunites, oh, sure, sure. between that and the the keyhole cutscene, literally Sora's only lines of dialogue are he shouts heartless when you find the heartless and then he exclaims Clayton when you run into Clayton and that's all that's all of his dialogue throughout most of the world like he doesn't really do anything (laughs) so that's kind of a bummer yeah it's one of those there's I mean we hit the I guess the 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 start the middle the end the start is the argument the middle is the And the end is discovering that friends are hearts. And I'm sorry, Donald. Yeah, but that kind of takes a backseat once Tarzan kind of enters the scene. Then he's kind of like the main star of the world. So yeah, Uh, I guess we I guess we glossed over it, but there is the one scene because Tarzan's target. We don't understand Tarzan for most of the game, but during when he talks to Kerchak, he does essentially like we get a snippet of most of movie Tarzan where he talks normally and you're able to fully yep. comprehend like his like he has like especially because that cutscene is animated you get like full facial motions and depth of voice that you don't get outside because outside of that Tarzan speaks very plainly yeah exactly he's definitely more of the um the focus but yeah, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that as you go through and pay attention to what Sora's doing in the cutscenes because I'm starting to notice now like he's not at least in Wonderland Deep Jungle, he's not as active as I remember, so. Definitely. And I, Stay I, tuned. Yeah, I'm even trying to think of other instances of this, or, you know, other instances of the exact same opposite thing, and I'm kind of, I mean, it's something that warrants a replay, one might say. Like, yes. Right now. <laughs> that is Deep Jungle. So, as we've discussed... Next time, we are headed to Olympios Kiaresium, which should be a pretty quick one. There's not too much that happens in that world. If we spend two hours... Yeah, if we spend two hours talking about Olympus Coliseum, I don't... There's no hope. 
something wrong with us. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned, and thanks for listening. Yeah, if you liked this episode, please review and give us a good rating, and let us know what you think. Tell us your feelings and thoughts and emotions, please. Tell us your favorite <laughs> gorilla swear word in the comments. <laughs> Oh that'll goodness. be that'll be the question of the week <laughs> for this episode. Oh my goodness. But until then, this has been Kingdom Hearts by Heart with Kevin and Marshall. We will see you next time to the gummy ship and away. I'm still recovering. Bye. <laughs> bye bye.